Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Burbank.com.au The property market is tough right now, tougher than an Adrian Morley shoulder charge. Prices, they're higher than a Greg Inglis torpedo and homes are selling before they've even been advertised. It's a bit like Tommy Travojevic's next contract. So why buy when you can build 100% Aussie-owned? 100%. Burbank Homes give you everything you need. Build new and save with affordable quality. Outstanding home and land packages are now available in some of Australia's finest and fastest growing areas. Free transparent estimates. Yeah, that's right, free. There's also fixed price contracts so you know exactly what you're paying for and what you're getting. No confusion. And if you don't want to change your address, just knock down and build new. Burbank builds homes for Aussie families. They support communities by employing local tradies and engaging in sustainable practices. Head to their website, burbank.com.au, and tell them we sent you. They're legends. Legends of what they do and how they do it. Legends because they're here to help you. That's burbank.com.au. The following is rated MA. Some people may find it offensive. It contains language, adult themes and immature content, as well as fart jokes. There will be lots of fart jokes. Listener discretion is advised. You've been warned. Hello, legends. Another week, another weekly want with the best-looking listeners in the podcast world, and I'll hit you with a secret to start. I have movement, serious movement. It happens every year at this exact time. It's my own Viagra. It's called Finals Time. I'm excited. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. If you're a first-timer to the Wodge, welcome. You've come to the right place because this is the podcast that does interviews where you hear from the superstars of the game. And on this edition, we've got 12 of the best lined up. What about this? Brett Kenny, Appy Corusau, Kate Ellis, Drew Hutchison, Bryce Cartwright, Tyson Frizzell, Matt Rogers, Cody Walker, Nico Hines, Zach Lomax, Corey Thompson and Moses Mbai. They are all here, all now. It's as big as a fucking podcast gets. Let's rip in, legends. Halfbacks and 5'8", somewhere between 1988 and probably about 1994 it changed. No longer do they always stand together at first and second receiver. They're split. At the Rabbitohs, it's Adam Reynolds one side, this man, Cody Walker, on the other. How does it work between the two of you, mate? Because you two actually don't always play just the one side. Yeah, I suppose um, a couple of seasons ago, we, we sat out and had a chat 
Um, and Renault's more of that, I suppose, that uh, halfback type of player where he sort of organises and uh, his strengths are playing with the middle forwards. Wine's yep. more at the back and, you know, using my speed. And, um, and I suppose we just sort of came up with the, the idea where Renault sort of plays up in front and, and you know, sometimes he might have trolls, sometimes he might have me, sometimes, you know, we just sort of, I suppose just have this combination where mm. we just have has this combination where where it actually works. We work together um, hand in hand at training. Um, you know, work out ways where um, I suppose if he has trail, I've got something on the short side yep. where I can, you know, attack, or we can sit trail on the short side, and then me and Renault sort of um, you know go together. I suppose it just creates strike all over the park. Um, and yeah, Renault. I suppose I don't play the way I, I do unless unless Renault's doing his job in the middle of the park. And um, I suppose that combination's uh, the reason why it's um why it's so good. I suppose when you play tactically like that, and you can be on either side, it's really important to have some ball playing back rowers. You're really blessed at Souths. Your your edge guys have have all got passes in them. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I suppose, you know, early on in my career, I, I always had that ball playing back role where, where Johnny Sutton. Yep. Um, you know, early on in my career, it was all. I suppose a lot of, a lot of my footy was um, coming off the back of him. Yeah. Because uh, he just creates another um, dimension. He understands what it takes to be a five eight because he's played in that position before. Um, he was experienced enough to know when to uh, what plays were good for me, um, and he'd always have an option outside him. Even if I wasn't talking to him, he'd just call a play, and it, that that's what was on. Um, and I suppose that's what's happened over the last couple of years as well. Uh, Jaden Saw is a, a great example of that. He's a great ball playing back rower. Um, Jacob Host, Keon Koala Matangi. They can all ball play, and it just adds another dimension to the um, to the team, and um, I suppose it adds more strike. And um, I suppose when you're game planning that, it's hard to sort of pinpoint where we're going to attack when you've got all this strike over the park. I love talking footy. I love talking <laughs> tactics. I really appreciate it, Codes. But the most impressive thing about this short segment, you got Keon's name right. That's a task in itself. <laughs> I'm better than Wayne. Wayne just calls him Keo. <laughs> Instead of calling this segment Word Association, maybe we should just title it Bash Your Teammates. Kate Ellis from the St. George Illawarra Dragons is lob, mate. Going to ask you the first teammate, either past or present, that comes to mind when I mention a word. We'll start with... The fastest. The fastest. Probably little Matt Dufty. He um, runs like the wind. Uh, and before the podcast, he, he mentioned I better get a run for the, the fastest. Uh, I better not let him down. So I'll, I'll give him that one. What about the biggest? The biggest. That's easy. Uh, big Billy Army kick out. Absolutely. You know, he's about 120 kilos and ripped to shreds. So he's probably the, the biggest I've had to train with and hopefully not play against, but <laughs> play with as well. Hardest to tackle? 
Oh, he's the one as well. Billy Armour kick out. He'd be the hardest to tackle on that train. When they used to go ones and two side, he'd always be the, you know, running, tearing hard down lines on um, against us. So he wasn't fun to tackle. You had to put five and jump on his back to pull him down. So uh, I'm trying to avoid him when I can. Now, this is the one that most of your teammates will want. Who's got the best rig? Best rig. There's a young bloke here at the Dragons. He's actually in earshot at the moment. Um, hasn't played first grade yet. But he's got the biggest tickets on himself. Yeah. He lets everyone know about it. His name is Jaden Hunt. Calls himself the Big Snack. Oh, the Big he's, Snack. He, the Big Snack. He's 110 kilos and he's got 40 millimetre skinny. So he likes letting everyone know about that. So he'd probably have to be the the one I'd pick. First one that comes to mind. So and he loves himself. So <laughs> he, he gets to run to that. What about the most annoying, the biggest pest? Most annoying? Uh, it'd have to be Liam Martin from the Panthers. He's got a bit he, in him. Uh, what about a solid yes. drinking buddy? Solid drinking buddy. Jackie Hever. I've had a lot of good um, times with Jack Hever. Very funny and loves a, loves a drink up. A lot of boy trips with him overseas and all that. So you'd have to be the yeah the, the drinking buddy. I love me some Jack Hetherington. He, he, he's loose and we just love that. Who's he's most likely to uh, to give you a late night phone call? Probably Jack Hever, actually. Yeah, he gets a few he, into him um, and then picks up the phone. He's one bloke that's always on the phone laughing and telling stories with anyone and anyone can get, get on to. So he's probably the one that ring at random times just to tell you something funny or yeah, you know, take the piss out of you. So he'd be the he'd be the one. Who's the worst dancer you've come across? Worst dancer. Jeez. I'm pretty shocked and I've been videoed that many times. Um, you know, on nights out, fools of boot. Yeah, you know, trying, it trying to have a crack on the dance but, floor, but other than me, yeah, I'll have to say big Paulie Vaughan, big stiff, big stiff um, Italian. He can't doesn't move real well. He just walks around two stepping everywhere. So <laughs> um, very stiff. So he'd be the, the pick. Who's the worst punter that you've come across as a teammate? Someone that's still waiting <laughs> for their first trifecta. Oh, I think everyone in that place full time rugby league thinks they're the best punters and aren't, but. Yeah. The one that comes to mind would be, yeah, Jetty Cartwright. There you wants go. To, when, he's done with, when he's done with footy, he wants to be involved in the industry and his punting history proves to me that he probably shouldn't do that because okay. he's maybe the worst. He gets that from his old man. Trust me, I've, I've had a yeah. hundred beers with John <laughs> over the years. Who's the one that is impossible to get a hold of and doesn't reply to texts? Um, that'd be the roommate, Matt Dufty. So yeah, he, he's he's hopeless. He'll text you back four days later. Uh, and yeah, he's he's shocking. It doesn't want to be an emergency. Who's the one bloke you know yeah. has always got your back? Ooh, I've met a lot of rock solid players. I've had three tough ones. Um, used to live with Jackie Hebro, so he'd probably get the one. He's a very loyal loyal guy, and on and off the field, so. Um, probably up to you, mate. Good work there, Cade Ellis. Thanks for dropping in. Sensational. Finals time. Here's a question. This week, there's four games. Next week, and for a few after, there's only two games. That's potentially more time needing to be spent with the bride. If you've got any tips on how to avoid falling into the trap of quality time with the missus, I'm all ears. Help out a mate. Week one of the finals, I'm tipping all four games to go to seeding. That means Melbourne, Penrith, 
the Chooks and the Eels progress. That's how I see it anyway. Ken Mamalor, Jason Saab, Jade Ockenbaugh, many others. They're giants. They've got frames the size of back rowers or front rowers. And with blinding speed as well, they're camped out on the wing. Our guest may not have been blessed with those physical traits. However, weekly, he shows up these big blokes. He competes as hard as any winger in the game. And his success individually is testament to his footballing skills. Corey Thompson... At five foot ten and ninety-one kilos, more times than not, you're monstered by these kids, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess you could put it that way. They're, they're, you know, they're tall boys. These wingers these days, and you know, when I'm playing fullback, no one even mentions it. But you know, as soon as you go onto the wing with their, you know, with these big boys, all of a sudden it becomes an issue. And uh, you know, I just like to to do my best and prove people wrong each week. And you have done your best over a number of years and you, you have proven anyone wrong to the point, to be honest, I don't think anyone doubts you uh, regardless of your, your, your stature. It's not only the size of these kids, but correct me if I'm wrong, mate, these young kids, these wingers, their skill level is out of control. It just gets wilder by the year. Yeah, they're, and they're, you know, they're massive. They know how to... They know how to play. It seems like the young kids are also getting smarter too. You know, usually you'd have these, you know, the big fellas that just run hard and try to run over the top of you yeah. and play the ball. But, you know, nowadays these these kids are, you know, well ad- advanced in rugby league for their age. They're smart. They're, they're willing to learn. They're, you know, all the physical attributes are there. And, you know, it's really great to see that, you know, they're not relying on their, their physical skills. They're also learning the game. And yep. What's the key to taking a size advantage away from an opponent, mate? What works for you? Um, just competing. Yep. Um, you know, I never like to make it easy for them. You know, obviously they can jump, but, you know, if I jump as well and, you know, slam my body into the side of them, you know, most of the time they're not going to catch the ball. You look at, you know, Brian Toll from the, the Panthers. Yeah. You know, whenever he jumps up against them, he just tries to make it as messy as possible and, um, you know, most of the time when he, especially in Origin, when he was the Queensland team, just tried to you know target him. But yep. you know, when you can that ball and jump and make it messy, you know, no one even no one scored on him. So uh, you know, I try to do that as well, just jump up, make it as messy and as complicated as I can for for the opposition to try and catch it. And you know, hopefully, I grab it first and you know go for a run. I love that. Now, mate, every player dating all the way back to 1908 has had a problem with one opposition guy. That one guy that, for whatever reason, they struggle containing, they struggle matching up with, or they know it's going to be a tough day. Who's yours? Have you got that one guy that stands out that is just, is the pain in the ass in your professional life? I'm not sure who. I always love person, you know, Josh Adokai, just because. You know, I know, I know how fast he is, and I yep. know how he's also got that aggression too. He's not, he's not a fast winger that is timid or you know, he just he's just fast, and that's all he does. He loves getting that rough stuff, and he loves competing. And I've marked him a couple times, and it's it's always a punish. You always, you always got to look out for Munster kicking early for him, or you know, you catching the ball and him him comes swan, running down and swinging army in the ribs, or you know, he loves it. And you know, I love playing against. Him. I love competing, and I love when. You know, people decide that that they want to battle that day, and yeah. you know they're in for it. You know, I always love, you know, doing my best and getting into the the opposition and 
and getting into it. And it's, and it's great when, you know, they decide to do it back and then after the game you have a laugh and, and shake hands and wish each other luck the next week. But, you know, probably Josh would be, you know, that person that I'd always, uh, you know, review going up to and look forward to marking him. That is an awesome insight. Thanks for dropping in, Legend. Good luck on the weekend. Thank you. We're chatting back rowers and chatting with one of the game's great back rowers in Tyson Frizzell. Keen to get your thoughts on a few of your opponents over the last decade. Who do you reckon would be the fastest back rower you've played against? Oh, the fastest back rower. Um, I'm probably thinking maybe Matt Gillette. He might have yeah, been, very deceptive, had, wasn't he? Yeah, very deceptively quick and, and light on his feet. Um yeah, he's probably he's probably the quickest I can I can probably think of. I can't really think of uh, too many more. You're you're pretty uh, quick on your feet, mate. What about the biggest back rower? Who's the one you stand across the field from, looking and thinking, "Oh shit, he's a monster." These days, um, back back in the day when I first started my career, it was definitely Sam Friday. I remember making my debut um, in yeah. 2011 against Sam Friday, and he was in the peak. Uh, of his form back then, just pretty much unstoppable. And yep. he was uh, very, very intimidating for <laughs> for a kid like me coming through the ranks and, and playing against a, a great like him. Obviously, was able to play some um, representative footy, but he was yep. definitely a player when I first started my career that um, yeah, I tried to stay away from. Who's the back rower that you run onto the field knowing – you are going to be hurt and covered in bruises by the end of full time. Just the hard bloke. Just the hard bloke. Um, I guess Boy Corner is probably a tough guy that yeah. um, you know you're going to have a have a tough game against. He's going to be. It's whether he's carrying the ball or he's making a tackle. Nothing about him. He's he's soft. It's it's very direct too, and yep. um, no fancy footwork. It's it's all hard and. Even the way he defends as well is all hard, and um, you can see that by the way he plays and he leads his state and his club and and also his country. He's, a, he's definitely a tough competitor. Is the back rower's game changing at all, and has it changed over the last ten years? What a back rower is is asked to do. Oh, I feel like it has. It's yeah. um, There's a. I guess there was a point in time when I started my career. It's, you got to sort of sort of relax a little bit on the edge, but now it's, it's a lot of long distance running. It's, it's sort of yep. getting your, your mix right between being a middle forward, but also a smart um, edge defender. And um, I guess the way that things are going these days, a lot of teams are, are trying to work over your foreman or your back rower a lot more these days to, to be able to create some shifts. And the more you can, you know, isolate a, a back rower, and get him out of position, the more more chances you are of, um, I guess, creating mismatches and um, being able to score tries. So, um, yeah, definitely not getting – it feels like it's not getting any easier for me also <laughs> the older you get, I guess. But, um, you know, I'm trying to trying to do my best. Tyson Frizzell, always a pleasure. Chat soon. Thanks, mate. Recently on social media, we asked about the player loan system and if there were restrictions on, say – an understrength or injury-depleted Roosters hypothetically signing a Payne Haas, Josh Jackson or Valentine Holmes for the final series only 
on a short-term deal. Well, here's a fucking beauty for you sent in by one of our listeners. Introducing Joe Jorgensen, who played during the 1940s. In 1947, he played the regular season in his hometown of Juni as captain coach. He had previously played for the Balmain Tigers. Now, in 47 at finals time, he returned to play for Balmain's lower grades and made his only appearance in first grade that year in the grand final against Canterbury. Jorgensen was a kicker, and after regular kicker Pat Devery missed three attempts, Jorgensen took over and scored all of the team's points on way to a 13-9 grand final win. He was chaired from the field by his teammates. One game that year, one premiership, all 13 points in the game too. Superstar. What the fuck is this? The 2020 season will be remembered for many and varied reasons. One of the highlights was Penrith and their form, their brand of entertainment too. They made it exciting to watch footy. They made it all the way through to the big dance. Grand final day against the Melbourne Storm. Appy Coruscant, what is your standout memory of GF Day, mate? Oh, it's probably not a positive one. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there was um, probably just seeing the stadium so packed again. Yeah. Um, just the roar of the crowd. Um, yeah, I think I think the atmosphere of the day was, was probably what stood out. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of negative memories, I guess, that sort of overshadow most of the positive ones. Mate, do you look at it as a missed chance or just part of the journey and part of the learning curve? Yeah, when I initially think about it, I think of it as a as a mischance. Yep. Um, you know, we work so hard, but I guess everyone does to get to that day. Um, and at the end of the day, someone's got to lose. So, you know, that sort of brings the mentality back to that experience is just going to, um, you know, add to everybody. And and such a young squad, it's, it's good that it happened so young. And you know, I think we're going to be able to build on this. I want to go on Bryce Cartwright's diet, 10 kilos in a week, but then straight back into a schnitty and a couple of schooners. I just don't want the accident or the pain that Bryce went through at the start of the year. Bryce joins us. Mate, what the fuck happened? <laughs> well, I was just at training. It was just another normal sort of, you know, big session. It was two days out from our first trial, and you know, I was really excited. I, I worked really hard, and yeah, it was my first pre-season with Power and just went for a tackle from Marker and um, went to tackle Big Fergo and his uh, leg sort of kicked out and his um, the heel of his boot just kicked up and kicked into my jaw. And um, yeah, I knew straight away something wasn't right. I, I spat half my tooth out and um, yeah, my, I, I could feel my jaw was sideways and just started spitting out blood and yeah, straight straight to the hospital from there. And um, that was on a Thursday and then um couldn't bloody get into the surgery till Monday. So it was four, yeah, four or five days later, just because it was during sort of the COVID and yep. there wasn't, you know, much availability. So it was a it was a tough couple of a tough four, four or five days before the surgery happened. And then um yeah, it was, pr- it was probably the most painful injury I've had and I've wow. had a fair few. So yeah, I wouldn't recommend it um on en- on my worst enemy. What was the surgery, mate? Was it plates and screws to to put it all back together, the jigsaw? Yeah, so it was a, it was a tough surgery. It was about three and a half hours. Um, 
I actually got all my wisdom teeth out too because the tooth that I chipped was my wisdom tooth and he had to take that one out. So it was just better off if he took yep. them all out, so saves me getting them all done before and uh, got a plate put in there where the where the fracture was too. So um, yeah, it was, a, it was a long surgery and um, yeah, the the first sort of five five to seven days after it was was pretty painful as well. Feel okay now or can you still feel it? Yeah, it's... um. It's it's a bit funny. It, it clicks in and out of place sometimes, so I might oh. have to get it. Yeah, it's when I'm when I'm chewing or laying on my side, I can I can feel it, but um, no pain. Nonetheless, it's just um, just feels a bit strange. It's not what it used to be. An amazing time to to start with the Parramatta Eels. How has the change been, mate? Are you enjoying it? Are you comfortable? Yeah, uh, honestly, I'm the happiest I've ever been. Um, you know, like I've answered you know questions before. I, I knew most of the blokes coming here, and yep. I, I grew up playing against them or with them in the younger rep teams or school footy. So, um, and obviously there was a few boys from Penrith that I played a lot of footy with too. So, it it was really comfortable for me making that decision. And as soon as I met Brad, um, I think he's what I needed at the point yep. in my career. And you know, he he's been a real um, you know, a, a really big help for myself and along with all the other coaching staff that we had here, you know, um, David Kibble and um, Stephen Murphy. Um, it's just, it's it's been, it just felt like home as soon as I got there and, you know, the whole whole of Parramatta have supported me um, from the start and like everyone says that comes here, it just feels like a big family. You grew up with a name that is synonymous with Penrith. Parramatta is the sworn enemy. How does it sit with the rest of the Cartwright clan who absolutely loathe the blue and golds? <laughs> yeah, it was strange. You know, growing up as a Penrith junior, I always hated Parramatta. It was just what it, it's what it was. Mm. You know, you were you were born to hate them. Um, ever since you started playing against them, and you know the under twelves or thirteen development teams, and um, I think it sort of the hatred sort of went away when I left Penrith to the Gold yeah. Coast. It, so it, it kind of helped that I've gone from the Gold Coast to Parramatta. It didn't feel like I was, you know, going to um, the rival. It sort of broke it up a bit. But um, it's still, at the start, it was a bit a bit strange seeing myself in Parramatta gear. But, um, yeah, it just, just feels like home now. Up again this weekend. Good luck, legend. Hope to chat again soon. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Are you following us on social media? I hope so. That way you get your say on topics of the week, upcoming guests, latest news, debates and theories. We'll also keep you updated on who and what is coming up on the podcast, plus exclusive offers and free shit as well. We're on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Our social media handle, The Andy Raymond. Pretty fucking easy, isn't it? The Andy Raymond. That's all I could come up with. Griffin Air Conditioning, the best of the best, servicing the Sydney metro area for both domestic and commercial air conditioning installations and maintenance. They've got the lot, griffinair.com.au. And Galaxy Finance, for all your financial concerns, questions and needs. If you've got a worry, need some clarity or an option, they're the ones for you. Speak to Leanne galaxyfinance.com.au and also Burbank 100% Aussie owned and giving you everything you need in house or house and land packages upgrade, renovate or knock down and start again they've got it all burbank.com.au is for you all companies are on board tell them you heard their name on Unfiltered they'll look after you big time I promise that 
They're all legends. We're proud to be associated with their great names. Their direct links are on our website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. If you'd like to be part of the Unfiltered team, get in touch, legends. We've got different levels of sponsorship for different budgets, from podcast sponsorship to social media endorsements, personal appearances, voiceover work. Basically, our deals are structured by you and are limited only by your imagination. We'll work with you to ensure you get what you want, when you want and how you want. Get in touch again at our website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Hit the sponsorship tab. Next week, I could be promoting your company to the hundreds of thousands of potential customers Unfiltered is reaching every single week. The Legends series, I love it. I hope you do too. The biggest names in the game joining us weekly. You know, at any time, you can go back and listen to a Legends series interview. Actually, any of our podcasts. All of them are timeless, so it actually doesn't matter when you listen to them. And even though you may not have heard them when they first came out, they're timeless. They won't date and they will make sense. That's all of our episodes. They're ready for you for when you're ready. This week on the Legend Series, Jewel International and absolute superstar, Maddie Rogers. You spend so much time with them. It's different to rugby league. Yep. Um, you know, I left rugby league for one reason, and then I came back for this the reason I left it. Yeah. You know, rugby union doesn't have that tribal nature. It's got like a real family brotherhood nature about it, but it doesn't have that tribal, yep. you know, local, like angst, you know what I mean? Us that passion, them. you know, Ooh, like doesn't yeah. have that. Um, but it's got that global appeal. 100%. You travel the world, you see this, these amazing places and you're doing it with a great group of mates who, you know, would probably all do it for nothing, you know, yeah. because they love it. And I wouldn't. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, mate, it was pretty special. But, yeah, and then, you know, after being away from that tribal nature for so long, it was something that was a yearning to come back to. So. Dawson goes through, makes a wonderful break. He's tackled 15 metres from the line. Backs there. Wilkinson will drop for goal. There's offside surely against thing, and no Martin Johnson has it. He drives. There's 35 seconds to go. This is the one. It's coming back for Johnny Wilkinson. He drops for World Cup glory. It's up. It's over. He's done it. Johnny Wilkinson is England's hero yet again. And there's no time for Australia to come back. England have just won the World Cup. Oh, my goodness. The day Johnny Wilkinson etched his name in history in the 100th minute, does it still hurt? Like you wouldn't believe. Thanks for bringing it up, Andy. <laughs> um, oh, mate. You know, I, I caught up with, with Lottie and Justin Harrison a little while ago and, you know, we're talking about it. And we all talk about things that happened in that game. We've all got a moment, you know, like I, 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 had, I had this moment where I where I probably should have released the ball when I was on the ground and I thought I wasn't wasn't held and I got up to sort of stop some momentum that we had. Yep. You know, Lottie caught that kick in the first seven minutes over J- Jason Robinson and scores. We never did it again the whole game. Yeah. You know, like like Jason Robinson's a midget. Compared to L- Lottie, Lottie's yeah. six foot three. Yeah. Six foot four. And we, ne- we never did it again. Mm. 
you know, Goog, Justin Harris, he's like, mate, I was the one that missed the, missed the tackle on, on Matt Dawson, you know, yeah. when he threw the dummy and got through. So you, you still know, look back with regrets oh, on mate, that moment. It's just like, just moments, you know, and I just, mate, we, we had it. Mm. You know, we, we were coming back. We, we just had it. We could have done it. And it just, it breaks my heart, man. It just, it's something that I'll live with <laughs> to, the, to the day I die, obviously. But it just, it kills me, man. It kills me. And I, I just feel like, you know, everybody was behind us. Nobody gave us a hope, but we were good enough. That is a cracker of an interview. Love it. All of them are. If you missed it, let's wind back the clock all the way to episodes 132, 133 and 134, The Natural, Brett Kenny. What about the great Mick Cronin? Well, what can you say? I mean, he, he's is it one of the greats and, yeah. and uh, as I mentioned before, he he helped me a lot in, in – in uh, my first grade or first year of first grade and um, he was one of those guys. I remember watching Mick play when I was a young bloke and he was playing in the centres with Steve Rogers for Australia and, and I always believed that the perfect centre was someone that was as big and strong as Mick Cronin but as agile as Steve Rogers, yeah, you know. Great and, combination. Yeah, and and, and um, the Crow is a very humble man. You, yes. you just don't hear him talk too much about himself. and um, But he was a great player to have, and, and I think all of us guys that played around him, mm. whether it be inside him, outside him, behind him, all realised just how great a player he was and, and how big an influence he had on our careers. And, and for me, I believe that... I was able to achieve what I achieved in mm. the game because of the early start I had playing outside Mick Cronin. Was he a good leader of men? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, and um, he never got too carried away with things. Yep. Um, he was he, he was very sensible with things he used to say, um, never got too excited and, um, you know, he, he was very calm with a lot of things and... And, and I think that was a good thing for us guys, uh, yeah. us being young and, and um, being very, I guess, immature when it came to playing first grade rugby league. The business end of the season is upon us. What changes come semi-final time at training? The stuff I guess we don't get to see. Drew Hutchison from the Sydney Roosters has lobbed. Mate, at training midweek, does anything change or does everything stay the same? Um, it's, I suppose, the, the key to uh, playing in those sort of, in those weeks at training is, is just to take that relaxed approach that you take every week. But I think everyone's focus individually has to be high. Yeah. I mean, you, the sessions aren't, the coaches aren't going to change the sessions too much. It's more just bringing individual focus, which... Um, it's something at the Roosters that we try and do every session regardless. So it's just to have your own individual performance up to scratch it and to the best of your ability, and that'll bring your teammates along with it. I guess everyone's excited, maybe an edge of nerves there, which is a yeah. good thing. Is it more so probably that training's done a little quicker, a little sharper, maybe a little more intensity? Because individually, as you just said, you realise this is it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's... um. It's just it's it's something that uh, it's a training standard. I mean, you just got to you got to bring your best every day. But yep. 
it's just that that sharpness and knowing this is this is the what we've trained all year and some people you, you've trained your whole life to sort of do that sort of thing so you've got to bring your uh, your best your best performances to training as well as on game day so come game day it's a massive game a lot of you footballers are creature of habit you like the same preparation mentally and physically yeah. how important is it to you because you can't talk for everyone but how important is it to you to keep everything the same in terms of your your mental build up yeah it's um i'm yeah everyone i suppose everyone is a creature of habit you you've got to you get stuck in your routines and and you know what works for you so uh it's 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 everything i mean you you've got to know that you've left you left no stone unturned i yeah. suppose and uh in your preparation i think it's it's i heard a quote once that if football's a, a seven day seven day a week uh sport so you've got to prepare each day like it's um yeah, they look like you're going to ready to play a massive game on the weekend. It's amazing because you look across the clubs and and generically, most players in the NRL are roughly as strong, as fast, as tough, as talented as each other. So therefore, the mental aspect of sport, which is really hard to gauge, is often the difference, isn't it? Absolutely, it's um, that's a massive part of it. I mean. <laughs> I wish I was as strong and some fast as some other people, but no, we can't go there. But yeah, I think the mental part of, of footy is huge. I mean, so the best players in the world they've got they've got the best mindsets. I mean, they just go out and play with freedom and without fear of consequence. And um, yeah, that's something that uh, I'd really love to work towards in my footy is just have that have that uh, that mental edge that they, the, the best players in the world have. Good luck this weekend, mate. Thank you for stopping in. Thanks very much for having me. I reckon if I was an injured centre and watching the last State of Origin series, I would have seen Latrell and Tommy and thought, what the fuck is going on here? Beat it, you fullbacks. Get back in the number one jersey. But Zach Lomax would have been cheering his blues on regardless. Mate, they went okay for a couple of part-time centres. Mate, yeah, as, as you said, they, they were outstanding. And um, it just just goes to show what kind of football players they are they yeah. can they can play any position and you just need them with their ball with the ball in their hands and Latrell's an absolute freak he um he brings so much to his team and he's big strong powerful and yep. he only needs it he only needs a little bit of room and poor Dane Gagai had a little bit of a hard time with him and obviously their teammates but mate Tommy Turbo in my opinion he's he'd be the best player in the game and yep. I've said it to um you know Blocker and and Vaughn at at training my, my two teammates and I've said it to them for a while and said, mate, I'm, I'm telling you, he's the best player in the game. He's the best fullback in my opinion. Yep. And obviously he's been injured in the, in the last, a fair bit in the last few years. Yeah. And um, he's so influential on their team. And obviously it shows, it's been shown in the last sort of 10 weeks really. And see, he just needs to be around the footy and he's a footy player and um, he's someone you definitely want in your team. He's, um, I think they're going to be there for a while, them two lads. Fullback and centre, you've played both now. There's certainly some similarities under the new rules, especially there's there's parts of the game that are a bit of same-same if you're around the footy. Yeah, absolutely. I think with fullback, I guess, and nowadays, it's got a little bit more to do with, with defence. Yep. Defen- defensively, the good fullbacks in the game are, are second to none. They get their numbers 
their numbers right all the time, especially on their line. Um, you, you look at James Tedesco, he, he's probably the best at it, and Roger Tuovasa-Shek, um, you know, they're unbelievable. And if they, if they do... They do sort of make an error. They're, they're the sort of people that they, they jump in and, and they, they fix their mistakes. Mm. So I guess you look at people like James Tedesco, he scores a 1,000 tries against, but he saves more. Yep. And and as a centre, most centres these days will too. They just want early ball. They want the ball in their hands. Defensively, it's, in my opinion, not just because I'm a centre, it, it's probably the hardest position to defend um, because you, you got you got to make... You normally defend in three on two yes. most of the time when you're defending. So you got to you got to allow a lot of trust on your inside and your inside men, and um, and obviously your winger needs to be on the same page as you. But um, you know I've been pretty fortunate enough to play a fair bit of positions, so I've been able to see the game a little bit, mm. which has which has allowed me to um, understand the, the game a little bit more, which has been good. And but center is um, you're looking at, at people. Probably a little bit more, well, I guess, like Tommy in in um, the state of origin. He's he's around the ball a little bit more. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if that's the way that the centre is going to evolve over the next Great year call. or two. You, you see Joey Manu do it a little bit too, mm-hmm. and they're probably two of the best in the game. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if if that's the way that centre is going to evolve soon over the next few years. So it um, well, you can tell it definitely adds a lot to the team for sure. It sort of adds sort of a three three ball players as well. Absolutely. We've seen you in one jersey. Um, would you like a proper crack at it or, or are you actually preferring centre play? May I love fullback. The, the, the reasoning for it, it keeps you in the game at all times. Yeah. Um, so you can compete on every play. You can comp- you can compete on every kick. you you got to try and save tries all the time. Mm. You get to, you know, you get to bring the ball back all the time, but... Mate, it, it, it takes a certain player to be able to play fullback and play it at a real high level. And um, I I love playing and I love studying the game. But at the moment, what's best for our team is for me to to be at centre. And um, you got people like Duff mm. at the back. He's you've seen what he can he can do with the ball in his hands. He's he's probably one of the best in the game at at icing those sort of four on threes. And but mate, yeah, I, I'd love to definitely definitely play a little bit more fullback uh, for sure. But um, I'm loving I'm loving playing centre at the moment too. You're a mountain of a young fella, 190 centimetres, probably mid to high 90 kilos. Have any of the older blokes or coaching staff pulled you aside and said, Zach, back row is maybe where you'll end up because of the size of you or do you just poo-poo that type of talk? Yeah, mate, absolutely. It's been, um, I think Benny Hunt's been talking to me a little bit about moving into the back row. Um well, actually, he definitely has been. Um, but, mate, um, I was sitting in um, – I was actually talking to mum and dad last night. I was on FaceTime and dad's like, mate, you got to – as soon as you get out of here, you need to start doing some running, mate, because I think you've put on a little bit of weight. So I'm probably sitting at about just over 100 – probably about 101 kilos at the moment. Um, but, mate, I – yeah. I actually grew up playing a little bit of back row when I was um, when I was younger. I played a little bit of that and um, – Mate, I think back row probably has a little bit too much tackling for me, to be honest. <laughs> so I'm I'm happy just sitting up, sitting in the centres, just making tackles when, when need be. But um, 
Mate, there's some gun back rollers in the in the, um, in the comp at the moment. Holy. Yep, that interview or segment of the interview recorded during the lockdown with Zach, the previous interview with Drew Hutchison, who was a tremendous schoolboy, but his timing wasn't great. He had pretty significant knee injury as first grade came calling. All he needed was the chance, and what a season he's had. A terrific fella too, really rapt to see how well he's travelling this year. So too, this next bloke. The head coach runs and oversees the program at every club. They're the one on the big bucks, but also the one under the most amount of pressure. However, behind every head coach is a team of coaches and specialists that are equally as important. Craig Bellamy is extremely selective of who he invites into his decision-making process, but he's got two beauties in the system, the Ryans, Ryan Hoffman and Ryan Hinchcliffe. The great Nico Hines from the Storm has lobbed. How important are guys like Hoffy and Hinchy to a club, mate? Yeah, they're massive um, for our, our club and especially the culture because they've, they've been there, done it all before, won competitions, um, played multiple NRL games, um, played representative games, and then even went over to Super League. So they've got so much experience. Um, and they just pass on their knowledge to us and the, the culture that was before us. And that's just a massive part of who we are and our identity at the Storm is who's been there before us and we want to do those guys proud and um Hoffy's doing a, a job underneath Frank Panisi with the um like the management kind of stuff yep. and then um Hinchy's a part of the development coaching and he's uh, doing a really good job there and uh, I think it's, he's going to be into his second or third year now and um yeah he gets along really well with the boys and uh, does a lot of the defensive stuff too and uh, like you said it's really important for the, for the culture of the club and um to have people like them underneath Craig for two buffed forwards, they've both got really good footy brains, don't they? Like they're they're footy tragics. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Hoffy's uh, done a bit of studying over in America, I think so. Yeah. So he's uh, he thinks he's pretty smart um, between the years. <laughs> but and, and Hinchy's just one of those tough old rugby league players who yep. just um, put his best foot forward every time he went on the field, and um, that's what a lot of the boys try to implement in their game too. For a young bloke like yourself, is it about? learning and just sponging as much info as you possibly can from the older guys around the club, guys like the Ryans? Yeah, for sure. And I think being in lockdown this year um, helped a lot of us younger guys yeah. out a lot. Purely just being stuck in, stuck together every day and just seeing how uh, some of the older boys go about their business yeah. and, uh, and how they recover, how they prepare for games and just how they even have downtime. And uh, yeah, we've got a really good mix at the moment and, um, yeah, we enjoy each other's company, which is good. Mate, the older blokes obviously help you with your footy, um, but I'd imagine it's just impo- as important to have guys like that around if you need to have a chat about normal life, about growing issues or about things outside of footy, just a, a sensible dude who's had a few more life experiences that you can have a chat with. Yeah, for sure, and we've got plenty of those, and if you don't feel like you can go talk to Craig or – um, Frank or someone about that, then you have like the Hinchies and the role. We had Jason Riles yep. there who's really good to talk to as well. And then you've got Hoffy who can lend a hand to the young fellas if they need any sort of um, help with that kind of stuff. So we've got a really good uh, crew there that's been there and done it all before. And um, if you feel comfortable talking to one, not the other, then you can go do that as well. So, um, yeah, we have a good crew there. Mate, for a young bloke like yourself, it's all an amazing adventure at the moment. It's a learning adventure too. Who do you look to at the Storm for that leadership? Who's helped you the most on and off the field? Uh, that's a great question. I think 
um, when I first started and, and come in as, as a, a new fullback, Billy Slater was uh, pretty big for me. And even before my debut and after it, he was the first one of the first to send me a message and wish me the luck. And, cool. and then after the game, he straight away, he sent me a message and sent me a few video clips on what I could work on. Um, so that was pretty much as I walked off the field. So it was a, a massive help for me. And Munster's someone who um, I like to, to look at and go, oh, I'd like to put my game around him. He's a good uh, running half or... Um, and then he can he can have a good kicking game and uh, he can control the game. He's becoming a leader as well. So um, there's a few there. And even Jesse Bromwich, he's not in my position, but he's someone that yeah. um, I, I hang out with a bit and, and then learn a bit off him just, just in everyday life kind of thing as well. So there's a, there's a few there. And I could probably mention a few more as well because everyone tries to take you under their wing and, and, and help you out as much as they can too. Thanks for dropping in, Nico. Chat soon, legend. No worries at all. Thank you. Play one game of first grade, in my eyes, you're a superstar. Play 100, you're royalty. Play 150 plus, and you immediately fall into a world filled full of my man love. I want to grope you legendary status. Moses M. Byers joined us on the Weekly Watch, safely on Zoom and at a distance. You're in that class, mate. I've been told the journey just goes so fast. True or false? Oh, what an introduction. It's certainly true, Andy. Um, yeah, honestly, you look back, I, I, I think back to my first game at the Dogs and it, felt, it honestly feels like yesterday and um, you know, anyone in your immediate circle, your friends and family, would say the same thing. What do you remember of debut day, mate? A shitload of cramps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a shitload of nerves and cramps, to be honest. Um, we, uh, yeah, look, I, I got told on the day that I was playing um, by Desi Hasler, the great Desi Hasler. So, um, yeah, that, that was probably a good thing, to be honest, because I, I got to avoid that whole week of just, you know, insane nerves. So I um, got told in the day and played Newcastle at ANZ Stadium and had a win. So not much better than that. 2014, it was a crazy year for you, but in a really positive way, mate. You made your debut and a grand final appearance in the space of just a couple of months. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I clocked up nine games that, that year, um, in my first year. And, and one of those games was a grand final against South, which unfortunately we didn't win, but what an experience it was. Um, yeah, it was an incredible roller coaster. And it was just, it, it just showed how quick your career just developed in this yeah. game. It just went from, it just went from, you know, coming from under 20s to playing a handful of New South Wales Cup games to in, on the big stage of NRL and then, you know, you fast forward seven, eight weeks later and you're at a grand final breakfast waiting to play South Sydney in a grand final. Pretty, it's pretty, it was pretty incredible. Um, and just, there's a lot more to, I guess, the day of the grand final. There's, there's, it's the whole week. It's an event, like the, the whole week is an event in itself and it's an experience in itself. Mate, here's one that I can't work out because I can see positives for both sides of the debate. Is the game under the new rules a game for a younger man with faster legs or is it actually a game for an older fella with experience, knowledge and smarts? Oh, it's a great question. It's a great debate, honestly. It's, um, and and there's, there's definitely opportunity for both sides. 
the young guys who have incredible speed and talent, as you've known, as you've seen even in recent weeks, come onto the stage, um, you know, getting extreme success. But in saying that, you know, there's, there's always there's always a different way to play the game, and that's the beauty of this game. There's 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 always more than one way to skin a cat, and and that's been proven as well. You know, there's some there's some some of the older guys getting around with just extremely sharp brain between their ears, and and they've, they're working it out. So, yeah, look, the rules have continued to change over the years. Uh, I think the product's still a really quality product and everyone's still tuning in. And you look at you look at eighth position down to down to six to eighth position and, and there's not much in it. There's mm. not much in it at all. In the dressing room, what's the general consensus amongst the players, mate, with the new rules? Great, love them, okay, or it sucks and let's go back? Yeah, I think you ebb and flow between all three, to be honest. Um, depending on how the you know, the way it goes, you get you get three or four of those six again in a row and you're going, mate, these rules fucking suck. I don't yeah. want to be a part of this. But um, yeah, and then when the shoe's on the other foot, you're going, how good this rule? You know, this is the best ever. So I think um I think as the as the game goes on, as the years go on, and if they leave it the same, everyone will kind of just accept that's what it is. Yeah. Um, I think there's some players are sort of, you know, going between, oh, you know, if we kick up a stink enough, it might go back to the old way. And uh, But, yeah, look, I think once you just embrace it, you know, this is the game we're playing, this is why we're doing it, then I think that everyone would just accept it and just get on with it. Thanks for dropping in, great man. Catch you soon. If you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, give us some love. Go to Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast. Then whack in a five-star rating and a review. As random and weird-ass as you like, Funniest Weekly Review wins an unfiltered trucker's hat. Yeah, bribery. Get to it, legends. It's that easy to win. The winner of this week's Unfiltered Series 1 trucker's cap is... PN Newsstand. He wrote, I get hard as soon as I press play. I love this podcast. Awesome stuff, PN. Straight to the point, mate. You've won this week's trucker's cap. Remain hard and enjoy yourself, alone or not. You're a beauty. If you'd like to win one of the caps, simply leave a review on the app you're currently listening on. It could be you next week. You can tell it how it is or you can have some fun and make us laugh. For this week's review, just write the bloke's name who is the worst punter you know. The biggest dud. Out him. Out him on the review, then we'll out him on the podcast next week. A hundred percent. We'll sledge away. It doesn't matter what you write. As long as you do, be sure to go five stars with it. Cap every week as one. Once you've left that review... You'll know it's my shout at the bar. And if you don't, it's your shout. So the choice is yours. Have a great week, legends. Enjoy the finals. Come Saturday late. Make sure you're back pikey in the last.